Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're discussing One Breath. This was the eighth episode of the second season, original air date of November 11th, 1994, average IMDb user rating of 8.4 out of 10. The writing was again on Glenn Morgan and James Wong, and it was directed by R.W. Goodwin. Now, Robert, or Bob Goodwin, was a producer for the series who rarely directed mid-season episodes. He usually just directed season finales or season premieres. This is one of the rare exceptions, which right there tells you this is going to be a significant episode. Now, last time we discussed three, which was the vampire episode, and it was also the episode that established that Scully is gone and she's going to be gone for some time. She has been gone for some time, and we don't know exactly how long that's going to be. In the real world, she was gone for as long as Jillian Anderson's maternity leave. Now, her maternity leave turned out to be 10 days. There's conflicting reports about exactly when her daughter was born. I've seen it quoted as both September 24th and September 25th, 1994. Other way, that was the birth date of Piper Maru Anderson, and that name Piper Maru will show up again. When Jillian Anderson came back from a 10-day maternity leave after giving birth through cesarean section, she had a bit of a slow or a slower episode in terms of how much she had to do. So this episode, with the teaser, we finally see Mulder. So this is the first episode where we actually see Mulder in the pre-credits teaser. We typically don't. We've heard his voice before in the season premiere. This is the first time he actually appears on screen. Scully has been delivered through means unknown. The teaser begins with Mrs. Scully, played again by Sheila Larkin, telling a story about Scully as a child and BB guns and snakes as she's picking out a headstone for her grave. And Mulder's there saying, it's too early for this. We don't know for sure. After the teaser, we cut in and Mulder's charging into a hospital where Scully has been delivered by person or persons unknown. She's just showed up in intensive care and she's comatose. And she's actually so rough that her living will says she doesn't want to live this way. And she wants the plug pulled. As the doctor we know her to be, her criteria for that are very, very specific. There's no question she does not want to live like this. So this is a pretty intense episode for the viewers. It's pretty intense for Mulder, for Scully's family. As I said, it's fairly straightforward for Jillian Anderson. She spends most of the time either lying on her back, acting unconscious, or sitting in a boat. She doesn't even speak until she finally wakes up in the last few minutes. So again, it's a way to get her back after the maternity leave. She's still on screen, but it's a pretty light load for the actress. It turns out to be a huge piece of the X-Files mythology. Now that she's back and she's been abducted, this is the point where it's personal to her. There's going to be fallout of this coming up for several seasons from this point on. The X-Files are now as personal to her as they are for Agent Mulder. We also get the introduction of Scully's sister. So Melissa Scully is played by Melinda McGraw. She also has a pretty respectable career both before and after. Her most notable appearance outside of this is probably as Barbara Gordon in The Dark Knight. It's not her most prominent appearance, but that's the one a lot of people would know her from if you're listening to Bureau 42's podcasting. She also dated Nicholas Lee for a while in real life. Nick Lee, of course, playing Crycheck. We see a few other first occurrences here. We see the first time that Mulder puts an X on the window to try and contact Mr. X to get his help bringing in Scully. When they do eventually meet in the hospital laundry room, it's a very intense meeting. 
where X flat out says, you are my tool. I come to you when I need you. So this is not at all the same relationship you had with Deep Throat. And they met in this room because Mulder was chasing someone who had stolen a blood sample from Scully. And, you know, X tells him to let it go. He doesn't. X ends up actually killing the guy execution style. Mulder finds himself in front of Skinner, claiming no knowledge of that, saying he was with Scully the entire time. We also see the lone gunman, and it's actually a nice turn with Frohickey. Up to this point, Frohickey has just been a scuzz bag and just been completely unlikable in the way he comes on to, to Scully. When he hears about what happens to her, he's the one that shows up in the hospital with flowers, a suit, a tie, a tuxedo. And what does he do? He looks at her chart, and that puts Mulder on the path of what's going on. He gets some indication of some of the experimentation that's been happening to Scully. There's going to be more later, much of which won't be revealed until season four but this is where he start getting the first pieces of it. It also brings the lone gunman back. And this, remember, was 1994. Now, the World Wide Web portion of the internet didn't get really popular until 1995, although it was invented in 91. So the graphical browsers created by Mark Andreessen were out there, but they were not popular. This was still the Windows 3.1 or 3.11 days. It was just the super geeky who were online. So AOL was starting to come up. They had chat rooms. There were news groups, alt.tv.x-files, being probably the most popular one for the show. The news group without the dash was not nearly as popular, but there were a few of us who subscribed to both. Mostly, there's a couple of us who just went to the one without the dash to point people to the one with the dash where all the conversations were actually happening. I wasn't involved in the news groups at this stage. I didn't get involved in those until late season three, but they were out there. And the people at 10.13 were watching them, and they were reading them, and they were listening to them. They even had a shout-out about nitpicking the scientific inaccuracies of Earth 2, taken straight from the news group. And that showed up in the Lone Gunman's conversation, and in their dialogue. So the X-Files, and probably Babylon 5, I think, were the two shows that really went out of their way to have fan interactions in these days, especially online. So we're starting to see a lot of integration we're seeing Mulder, and he has to make a choice between being in the hospital to support Scully or being in this hotel room to enact vengeance, because X has arranged it so that the people who did this to Scully would show up to search Mulder's apartment when they think he won't be there. There's also the first full-on confrontation between Mulder and the cigarette-smoking man. Now, the cigarette-smoking man is the character's official name because Fox was concerned about sponsor reaction to it if they called him anything else. The name that Chris Carter wanted to call him and the name that he got permission for Mulder to call him on screen is Cancer Man. And after Mulder confronts Skinner and tries to resign, and Skinner comes to Mulder's office and talks about an experience he had in Vietnam, he does surreptitiously help Mulder track down the Cancer Man and go after him. So Mulder had him at gunpoint demanding that Scully be returned and that she be healed and treated for what she is. And this is the first real scene we have between the two of them. And it's the first time that the Cancer Man is something other than just a guy in a corner with a line or two. It's the first time he has significant dialogue. So this is when he is growing into a legitimate villain and a legitimate adversary. There's a lot of turning points in this episode, all of which stem directly out of Gillian Anderson's pregnancy. So while in season one they were telling her that's the worst possible thing she could do, it probably turned out to be the single greatest accident for the the actual quality of the show in the long term and the stories that they were able to tell. We also see a lot of tension between Skinner and the cigarette smoking man. Skinner's office now has a no smoking sign on the desk. 
So Skinner is definitely starting to take sides. We're going to see a lot more of that in the season two finale and season three premieres, but we've got some of that now. So all in all, it's a very intense episode that sets a lot of things up. We've got some recurring guest stars. Jay Brazo, who previously appeared in Lazarus, appears in this episode as Scully's doctor. Lorena Gale, who previously appeared in Shadows, shows up again, and we'll come back again for Elegy in 97. We even have Tegan Moss playing the young Dana Scully in this episode, and she'll come back for another episode in 1996. Now, at this point, Tegan Moss didn't have a huge career, but given that she was nine years old, the fact that she had nine credits to her name already is fairly significant. She would go on to appear in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the animated series as a voice actress. She was in Robocop Alpha Commandos, Casper's Haunted Christmas, You, Me, and the Kids, So Weird, Gadget and the Gadgetinis as Penny, a couple episodes of Dead Like Me, Robson Arms, Degrassi the Next Generation, an episode of Flashpoint. So she has gone on to have a respectable career on her own. So we're seeing a lot of the quality guest stars, and they're bringing a lot of the strongest ones back. The downside to that is they were also developing a devoted enough fan following because of their serialized storytelling that a lot of the fans were immediately recognizing guest stars as they're being reused. So the series would actually cut back on that and do less of it in the long term. But that's pretty much everything that we have to say about One Breath. Join us again in two weeks as we discuss Firewalker. Thank you. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.